Today, we expose yet another child-friendly drag show in Katy, Texas, as if a child-friendly drag show actually exists. Italy elects a far-right leader, you know, meaning one that cares about family values and protecting freedom, and a pro-life activist in Pennsylvania is arrested by the FBI. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and White Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, and we did survive another weekend. It is yet again Monday. I have a full table here today. I am joined by Blaze TV contributor John Doyle, also host of Heck Off Commie, where I'm told that he occasionally provides content there. Uh, <laughs> I'm also joined by Matthew Marsden, actor and producer extraordinaire, and uh, also everything he says is fancy because he has the, the British accent. So <laughs> thanks for being here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, and also Taylor Hansen, investigator investigative journalist Taylor Hansen, who's already spilling his water, yes. so we know it's off to a good start. And uh, he actually <laughs> has a lot to do with the first topic today. So uh, this drag show in, here in, in Texas, this was in Katy, which for those of you who don't know, is outside of Houston. Now, um, those of you probably who watch the show frequently heard my messaging to get in touch with me because if you lived near Katie, because uh, I wanted to try to plan something. And so we had planned, those of you who reached out, thank you very much. We were uh, conversing back and forth and we were planning an infiltration so that we could not only expose what was going on uh, at this particular event, but also make sure that there were some civil protests on the inside. Uh, well, apparently, they figured something out because they canceled a bunch of our tickets and we weren't sure we were going to be able to get anyone on the inside. But uh, it ended up working out a very, very, very helpful gentleman who um, was uh, with us, or I should say with you, mm -hmm. Taylor, on the inside, ended up having an extra ticket and we were able to get it to Taylor who uh, went to this drag show. And boy, it was a real doozy because it was just as a reminder for those of you who don't remember us talking about it, this was held at First Christian Church. Yes, I said church. I don't think they realize what the church part of that title means, but we do. So we realize how ridiculous it sounds. So within this church, I feel like I have to use air quotes every time I say that. Church, they had a child-friendly drag uh, bingo game. And um, they also had this little, I thought that it was just trans closet, like transgender closet. Taylor, <laughs> I was like, Taylor, are you sure it's trans closet? Like, tr it's trans, right? And he said, no, it's transparency closet. And I was like, but... It's, it's long for trans closet, essentially. It is the trans closet, but it's transparency closet because then it sounds a little bit nicer when, hey, I'm going to bring your kid back to the transparency closet instead of, hey, I'm going to bring your kid back to the trans closet. Both sound a little weird, but yeah. transparency gives the notion that it might be a little bit more open. Well, it does. And so I want to play this clip because something really struck me about the name Transparency Closet as they are uh, having this conversation with you, Taylor, <laughs> who, by the way, make a beautiful woman. I just what like can to I say. say. What can I say? Um, so let's play this uh, Taylor going on a tour of this church's, First Christian Church in Katy, Texas, the church's Transparency Closet, uh, of course, until the female pastor realized that he was recording. Watch. This has all bras and stuff. We're trying to get more binders and things like that. We're, we're trying to get more chest we can't binders. Get those used. We can't get underwear used. Mm -hmm. that's, that's gross. That's great. But that's all like the underwear. Yeah, I'm glad they don't use used underwear. They also 
I think it's really cool. Clothes. There's purses. There's hats. We need more hats, right? We just have so many hats. Yeah, it's got a little of everything. She doesn't have hats anymore. I love them. She's still mad. You want jewelry, Dara? Jewelry. I won't say no. Try to make it. Welcome. The bags are the bags they are because you can go home. Anyone can go home with those bags. Then it's like, I went shopping. I went to Home Goods. Yeah, the Home Goods bag is smart. And no one, you know, because remember all the teens? We got a lot of teens. Families aren't supporting. You know what that feels like. Here's, here's your underwear. underwear. Last weekend they did Encanto and they sang, um, oh. don't forget about Bruno. Oh, don't talk about Bruno. And all the kids sang it. Okay. And oh, she's oh. watching it again. Yeah, it's all online. Yeah. So you can always attend virtually if you can't attend in person. I know it's far. Taylor, I hope that you were I'm, I'm way more discreet than she is. Here. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's only so much she can do. So something really struck me about this transparency closet, which is that they admitted that they help children who want to transition and not tell their parents by disguising what they have gotten, which potentially could be chest binders, which they have there. They, they help them uh, hide it in bags like home goods so that the parents are unsuspecting of the fact that their child has gone to this church and received items in order to help them transition their gender. Yeah, it's the whole the whole process is very transparent, you could say. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I couldn't say that because it doesn't feel <laughs> transparent at all. Um, so after that, the police then, of course, removed Taylor once Pastor Amanda was on to him. I was really confused when she you know, came up and introduced herself as the pastor, because in my mind, it's like a woman can't be a pastor. So it was just like the, the, the gears were rolling. I'm sure my mother, who has just recently retired as a pastor, will really appreciate you saying this because she watches hey, the program. Mama, Mama Gonzalez, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, okay? What, what I should have worded it as is First Timothy chapter 2, probably, but I digress. Well, my mom already doesn't like you, so it's fine. <laughs> she she'd loves expect, me. What are you talking about? That. She loves me. Um, so I want to, uh, I want to also show the, the, the pin that you received mm -hmm. there, because I think there's a lot to that as well. So they were handing out this pin. Those of you who are watching, you can see it. Uh, those of you who are listening on audio podcast, it says, not all Christians suck. And of course, Christians is written in rainbow. Um, so I guess if you don't love the idea of children attending uh, a show where men dress up like women and wear makeup and they show all of the kids, they, they um, you know, send all of these kids to this transparency closet. I guess you're one of the Christians who suck. Yeah, and they're probably even, because it is rainbow, uh, referencing a few steps prior down the slippery slope, which is like, not all Christians suck and say that you can't, you know, glorify genital mutilation and anal sex and things like that. We're like cool Christians. And it's like, what they mean by that is we're just going to preach like this vague message of tolerance and acceptance without what is actually biblical. And the whole thing is entirely disordered, which is why, I mean, everything from the female pastor to the way that they're grooming children goes against everything in the Old Testament, but everything in the New Testament as well. So it's completely satanic as evidenced even by the pride flag. What is that symbol? The rainbow. That is the symbol of God's promise never to flood the earth again to cleanse it of wickedness to Noah. And so they take the seven colors of the rainbow, they remove one, taking us from seven, which is a holy number, to six, which is of course a satanic number. And we think that we've like moved beyond this like occult symbolism as a society. No, we haven't. And they're waving that flag and mocking God. It's literally what it is. They're mocking God's promise saying, we're going to live in pride, we're going to live in wickedness, and we dare you to do something about it. Which is probably why all these cities like in Seattle, 
Portland, they're all very close to volcanoes, which are far past their, their date to uh, erupt. So that's just, you know. <laughs> Matt, what are your thoughts? I watch this and I just, I just, I have no words anymore. I, it is, it is very, very, very concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, it just proves to you that you can call something something and it not be that thing at all. Right. You right. mean like I mean, church? Like <laughs> Christian and yeah. church, yeah. right? Because clearly it doesn't appear to be either of those things. Now, you know, even if you were to go and make an argument for, if somebody wanted to make an argument for, oh, there's a trans club, because they do this all the time at schools, right? They're not doing it under this guise. Like it's clearly false advertising, right? Clearly. So what I want to know is who's going to that church? Like who, who is attending that? And what are their true beliefs? Like what do they really believe? And, and I'll just say this as a Catholic, right? And this is something that I, that I found is that if I'm in, in mass and I see someone change, a priest change the liturgy, normally there's something wrong going on there, right? Because they're not meant to do that. So they do a little tiny change mm-hmm. of something then normally it's an indication that something else is going on that is untoward. I'm not saying anything like massively bad, right? But when you start moving away from these things, then you have to be concerned about what's going on behind the scenes. Um, Taylor, what was it like on the inside of this church? How was it decorated? Because I was at, I've only been inside of one like LGBT church, I guess you, I guess you would call it. And it really, it, it's very jarring to go in there, at least the one that I went to. And, and by the way, I wasn't worshiping there. I had to go there because that's where stupid Robert Francis O'Rourke had his stupid rally that I attended and then got assaulted by his staffer and then later a Dallas police officer. So those kinds of things happen in the LGBT churches, I guess. But um, it was like very jarring to be in there and, and, and see all of the social justice warrior decor and like the rainbows and... It just fe- it felt so gross, and I just the energy was just I I, ca- I can't even describe it. It just felt I had this feeling in the pit of my stomach, just like this is just disgusting. The best way to describe it would be gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on a more on a more serious note, no, it was satanic. Is you know you walk in and I mean like I wish I was able to record more from inside mm-hmm. instead of just the closet. Um, the other guy that we had in there, Paul, you know, he, he can kind of attest to this is there was flags everywhere. I mean, trans flags. I mean, the entire inside of the church was gay. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally what it was. That was the entire setting. They had, you know, trans flags on every single table, almost set up as like bouquets. And then you walk back to the transparency closet and there's well, what I thought was weird is there was a literal pentagram on the wall but didn't get it on video no but they have pentagrams in this church so it's like in my mind it's almost like this church is disguising themselves for the sake of bringing in the state's money and they're actually just sitting back there worship satan and uh you know chopping little giblets off i mean it would make sense Mm -hmm. for what they're doing to uh to the children um so let's go ahead and play taylor you mentioned paul who was Mm -hmm. also part of our our uh our group and uh, was inside the church, uh, wasn't actually kicked out as quickly as Taylor. And by the way, I would also like to point out, they did, before the show started, tell all of the attendants, put your phones away. They made it very clear they wanted you to put 
all of your phones away so that you couldn't actually document what they were doing with children, which seems a little suspect. I don't know. Doesn't seem I very go, transparent to me. I don't me. know. Not full transparent. <laughs> I go to an event with my kid and people tell me they don't want anyone uh, documenting, taking any pictures or video. I'm immediately like, why not? If this is a family-friendly event, well, they actually why threaten, not? They threaten to remove people, too. If they were right. to bring their phone out and you know violate their rules, then you were going to be physically removed from the event. Because we had another uh, gentleman there who I'll, I'll, I don't know if he wants me to say his full name. So Todd, who um, was texting during it that was like, hey, there's a cop standing right behind me mm -hmm. and they've already told us that they'll remove us if we don't put our phones away. So I got to put my phone away. Uh, all very suspect. Again, if you're claiming that this is all a family friendly event, shouldn't be anything to hide. Uh, let's listen to what Paul had to say from the Inside Watch. Basically, it was a drag show. It was a drag show and it was a bingo game. I mean, the majority of it was bingo, but the, at, in the beginning, there was a drag queen that came out, did a drag show. Kids, kids were handing them money. People were handing them money. It was, you know, it, I mean, if you've seen drag shows on TV, that's what it was. Yeah. I mean. Was it, was it sexual inside? Were they dressed provocatively at all? Well, I mean, it was, it was very sexual. There were some comments made in a sexual manner. Did you see them taking children back into that closet, or was that when I was in there? I did. I saw, I, I saw lots of different people going back there. I mean, they were going around the tables encouraging people to go back. They asked me to go back, and I didn't want to do that. So they, they offered you a tour Good on you, Paul. Closet, they right? did. They, they did. did. Yeah. And how many kids would you say there was an event? When I was inside there, I said there was about 8 to 10. That'd right around fair. there? That'd be fair. There were probably probably about eight younger children, uh -huh. maybe uh, five or six older, you know, more teenage type people. The things that society is uh, doing to their own children, um, in my mind, is unforgivable. Um, and I, I want to thank, again, the people who uh, at least tried, those of you who showed up, uh, thank you. And those of you who tried and we couldn't because our tickets got refunded, we'll get them at the next one. All right. Um, I want to play for you guys one other thing going along with this particular issue. Um, at least in this case, pa the parents are not following along with all of this garbage. But uh, last week, students at Victory Christian Academy in Florida were asked to send a picture of you doing reading homework in the bathtub. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, one family refused to allow their daughter to actually do the assignment, and uh, it made local news. Watch. Misty and Christopher Dunham were shocked to see their eight-year-old's homework assignment earlier this week. Proceeded to read to me that she needed to do her reading homework in the bathtub. I'd send a picture of her doing it and specifically told her to stop and you will not. Emailed the teacher. Hey, you may want to explain this, send something out to the parents, let them know what the intentions are. This just does not sound okay. She did send a message saying you should be in pajamas, be in your uniform, have fun with bathtub. it. Have fun with um, it. But I, it didn't set right. Misty reached out to the school administration and later to police to document the incident. The report says the parents were told by administrators, quote, we have been sending this homework assignment for years and you're the only one complaining about it. The problem's not us. The problem's not us trying to get your, your student to take a picture in the bathtub and send it to us. The problem is you, parents, because you're the only ones who have a problem with it. All the other parents are totally fine with it here at this Christian Academy. Uh, by the Matt, I know you're about to lose your 
crap, so I, I want you to talk, but I would just like to say uh, it gets worse because the parents uh, got a call from the school telling them that they should do a, a, a parental withdrawal. The parents said no. The school decided that they were going to proceed with an administration withdrawal. So they withdrew the child from the school. The student is no longer at that particular school because the parents had a problem with that. Christian Academy, go. But I just... <laughs> Oh, so nobody complained about it before, so that, like, you're the problem. Yeah. This is what, okay, so. I know. I feel it, uh, well, where are we? What, go and take a picture of your kid in the, in, the, in the bathtub. What is going on? Like, seriously, I mean, there's, do I have to explain? Is there anything to say here? <laughs> right? These are a bunch of weirdos. They're, but fire, the, fire the teacher, close down the school. Everyone should be up there shutting that school down right now. And like I said, just because they say it's a Christian academy doesn't mean that it is. You don't do this. We're we're like most schools now, Christian schools especially, are saying no no phones, no social media at all. Like you don't even have phones at at the school at all. The kids don't have the phones. They're trying to get people away from that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the internet is forever. You take a picture like that, it's out there forever. This is just, it's so weird. Like, I, I, I don't know. T- today has been a really difficult one. Yeah. It's been really difficult because it's just a head scratcher. Yeah. It's a real, like, is this where we are in America? This is, it's evil. That it is. Uh, I can agree on that. Um, all right. I got to take a break. I want to, I want to get, let's get your thoughts over uh, during the uh, off air and see if you guys want to, want to chime in at all. Cause you guys are both looking at me like you mm, want to say something, but I got to take a break really quickly. So uh, listen, we want to thank our sponsor Patriot mobile. Speaking of all of this evil that's going on in the country. And you've got all of these organizations that are working so hard to put all of these teachers in who are going to indoctrinate your children. Patriot mobile actually is putting their money where their mouth is. And um, they really, really went hard in on multiple school districts in Texas. And we're very, very successful at uh, getting a bunch of conservatives in the those particular seats. So they are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They are a force for conservative values. They're going to take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes that you actually believe in and are fighting for rather than fighting against. Because if you're going with Big Mobile, they're doing the same thing, except they're donating it to Planned Parenthood. They're donating it to, you know, every town who wants to take your guns. Don't do that. You can go to PatriotMobile.com, get free activation with the offer code NEWS. Same nationwide coverage. You can keep your number. It can all stay the same. By the way, you're probably going to save on your bill, uh, and you're no, you know that you will be supporting a conservative company. PatriotMobile.com slash NEWS. That is PatriotMobile.com slash NEWS. Moving on from the next topic, everyone got what they needed to say uh, off their chest and the swear jar is full. We want to switch over to Italy. So Georgia Maloney is expected to become Italy's first female prime minister and the country's most right-leaning leader in decades following yesterday's election. Uh, While there are still weeks left in the process before a coalition is actually established, uh, her party held a 26-point lead over the center-left Democrat Party. Uh, She's campaigned as a Eurosceptic populist and took a very hardline approach on immigration issues. Uh, She advocated for naval blockades to stop illegal immigration from Africa, also alleged that there is a left-wing scheme to replace Italians with immigrants. Her motto may sound familiar. It is God, country, and family. And I want to play for you a clip from her 2019 speech at a World Congress of Families 13 event where she outlined her beliefs. Watch. 
Potrei farne tante altre di queste domande. This is about what we are doing here today. Why is the family an enemy? Why is the family so frightened? C'è una risposta unica per tutte queste domande. answer to all these questions. Perché ci definisce, perché la nostra identità. Because it is our identity. Because everything that defines us is now an enemy for those who would like us to no longer have an identity and to be simply perfect consumer slaves. E allora è sotto attacco and so they attack national identity, they attack religious identity, they attack gender identity, they attack family identity. I can't define myself as Italian, Christian, woman, mother. No, I must be citizen X, gender X, parent one, parent two, I must be a number. Because when I'm only a number, when I no longer have an identity or roots, then I will be the perfect slave at the, mer at the mercy of financial speculators. The perfect consumer. Uh, she goes on, you guys have to look it up. Actually, Matt sent it to me this morning, and I, it's what, a two, about a two minute clip uh, in full, the one that I saw on Twitter, and it's just glorious. And because she, of course, her motto is God, country, and family, the left is now labeling her far right. So the LA Times, here's their cute little headline. She could become Italy's first female leader and its first far right one since Mussolini. <laughs> oh no. I'm like, okay, so if uh, taking a hardline stance on immigration and being pro-family and being pro-conservative and uh, fighting back against wokeism, if that makes me far right, then sure, okay. I don't really care what you call me anymore because you're going to call it me anyway. Yeah. All these names. And, and that's what's interesting is because now what we're realizing is that anything that is in opposition to like total global communism mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. makes you a fascist. Mm -hmm. But then you look at the history of fascism, and it turns out they didn't really even know what they were doing really anyways. It was literally just like, okay, we got to sort this out later, but we know that these communists need to go. I mean, in the streets of Italy, there was massive disorder because of these socialists and communists that were going about rioting the same way they do here. And, I mean, even now, Mussolini, frankly, is regarded to be, like, the greatest leader that Italy's ever had by people in, uh, in Italy. I mean, they, they revere him to be a great leader. I mean, he made the trains run on time, his other faults aside. And so you're seeing now, he, first of all, it wasn't even that controversial, like, in a, in a very like you know comparative sense to his uh, certain a certain associate that was a, a very bad guy. I mean, he rejected things like racism because you know there's this whole thing with Northern Europeans picking on meds for being like basically black. So he wasn't a racist guy. He didn't you know kill his political opposition. He just sent them to very rural parts of the country, which is probably a good idea, frankly. And so uh, yeah, you know you see people like this who are just saying normal things. And it was a very difficult time, I think, for right wing people to advocate for our ideas when the country was in a good state because you can't really sell ideas that are boring in a state of natural thing you know the family's doing okay the economy's doing okay what are you really supposed to do but now that everything is in disorder it's really easy to sell these ideas of hey why don't we just return to like a normal country again now mm -hmm. that everything has become so backwards so i, I also want to throw into the equation um earlier this month sweden also elected mm -hmm. a conservative government to deal with issues like immigration and crime uh, the new swedish leader actually promised to make Sweden great again. <laughs> I feel like, look, I said this on Twitter and there had to be the one person who I said, this is what a red wave looks like in Italy. And they're like, um, actually the colors are reversed there and it's blue. All right, but I'm talking to Americans, which obviously they know what red wave means and that's what it means here. Um, but is this like, is this sign that you, you're from Europe, uh, the mm -hmm. UK, it, or is it making its way across there? Is the pendulum swinging back? I think it is, yeah. I mean, look, when you had the global lockdowns, everyone started going, hang on a second, like this, because I think that people 
for the most part, are compliant in Europe. They, they don't mm -hmm. have that like frontiersman mm -hmm. spirit that Americans have. But what you don't want to do, and I'm married to a Maltese woman, right, which is as close to Italian as you can get. You do not piss off Italian moms. <laughs> because if you know anything about Italian moms, that, and that's a typical, she's just like an Italian mom. Like, don't tell me my family mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Don't tell me this, 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 and this. And there is one thing, there's, there's a point I want to make to people at home, is that in America, being right-wing is being conservative. Mm -hmm. In Europe, being right-wing is being a fascist, right? <laughs> it's like you're a racist fascist. So just remember that. Like when you, if you ever look at anything on, on um, European media and they call them right-wing, mm. it's not a compliment. Like They're trying to smear them. Right, right, right. And they've been doing this for a long time. But, but yeah, I saw that this morning. I got up and I'm like, I know I was going to love this. Boom. She, that is the greatest speech ever. And we are in a state now where saying that you, the family is important mm -hmm. is, is radical. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is insane. Are this is where we alt -right, are. Alt-right, far-right. I'm like, all right, I, okay. sure. I don't really care. Words apparently don't mean anything these days anymore because you guys call us all the names in the book. I, well, John, you're what? You're a Christian nationalist, Christian fascist, whatever it is. Too. Yeah. Well, I, well, oh, Taylor is too. What's interesting too about that is like they get mad when you don't want to play the game. Yeah. So when they like say like you're a Christian fascist, they want to like almost infuse the word with this metaphysical spell that you have to go like, oh. <laughs> you know, and when you're just like, can we just discuss this like adults? They're like, oh, come on, you're not playing the game. Yeah. Come call me, call me, me, me back. Yeah, and, and then yeah. too, because conservatives like to play like, oh, well, I counter your, I'm a racist. You're the real racist. Yeah, <laughs> where the, the Ku Klux Klan was founded by Democrats. And it's like, <laughs> so it's like Taylor, <laughs> it's, it's all labels. I mean, I, I have a fun time with labels considering, you know, I'm a terrorist, I'm a Nazi yeah, one day, you know, all of the yeah. above. So, I mean, at this point, words don't matter, especially in this country. But I do think, I mean, around the world, you're seeing more of a general shift to the, I mean, more, you know, right-leaning. Or We should just rebrand to the fascist party, you know? Might as well just take their labeling and just say, yeah, we're the fascist we'll, party. We'll follow you. Know? You, you we'll, be we'll, the first yeah, one, you, we'll follow you. You, you let us know, man. <laughs> you know, front lines, I'll be there. Fascist party, 2024. But... On a lighter note, I like saying that, on a lighter note, we're gonna win all around the country because I don't know about you guys, but I know, you know, the general populace is they're very easy to forget, you know, the lockdowns and the fact that the CCP literally committed genocide here in America, but I'm not. So, you know, that's not something I'm gonna forget easy. That's gonna be something I internalize and then use it against my enemies because these people are my enemies. Mm. So I hope the majority of America and the rest of the, you know, the civilians worldwide can actually do the same thing and stand up to the global cabal. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to come, gosh, I, it's right around the corner. We're, we're almost to October now, so we'll... <laughs> October we'll, uh, surprise is coming. We'll see. It's going to be a bloody October. Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> I, it keeps us in business, I guess, but my goodness. Um, all right, got to take another quick break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, First Liberty. So uh, when it comes to liberals in Congress, there's no way they would accept term limits on themselves. Look at Nancy Pelosi. She's been there for 10 million years. She still hasn't retired. But they're fighting tooth and nail to impose term limits on Supreme Court justices. Does it sound completely hypocritical? Of course. But when has that ever been a problem for the left? They do whatever it takes to seize more power, even if it means purging the Supreme Court of its most experienced justices, which you wouldn't be surprised to find out that that scheme would remove conservative justices first, like Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and then they would be replaced with new justices who would, of course, rubber stamp their radical agenda. Uh, look, since Democrats are working hard to pass court purging with the term limits, we have to work even harder to stop it. 
If you care about the integrity of the Supreme Court, you don't want to see it taken over by political hacks, you got to visit SupremeCoup.com. Just sign your name. That's all they're asking you to do over at SupremeCoup.com. Despite what's happening over in Italy and Sweden and these other uh, European places that we've just discussed, we've just discussed maybe perhaps the pendulum swinging back because uh, the rhetoric has just gone too far from the left. Despite all of that, at the uh, Texas Tribune Festival in Austin over the weekend, Hillary Clinton criticized Trump's recent rally in Ohio, saying that it reminded her of a Nazi rally. Watch. I remember as a, as a young student you know, trying to figure out how did people get basically um, drawn in by Hitler? How did that happen? And I'd watch newsreels and I'd see this guy standing up there ranting and raving and people shouting and like, raising their arms. I thought, what's happened to these people? Why did they believe that? You saw the rally in Ohio the other night. Trump is there ranting and raving for uh, more than an hour and you have these rows of young men with uh -oh. their arms raised. Oh, <laughs> no, not their arms on? raised. So there is it's okay. she's a, a the only thing she's ever uh, been a student real of is pressure, and I think, I think it is fair to say we're in a struggle between democracy oh. and autocracy. Uh, yes, I would say that as well, it, but it's the Democrats who are in power. So what are you saying there, Hillary? Uh, by the way, the audience at the rally that she mentioned holding their hands up were holding up the number one for America first. So I guess being, again, pro-country, pro-God, pro-family, all of these things um, is Hitler-esque, according to Hillary Clinton. I think she's still in a perpetual state of being a sore loser. I mean, she was supposed to be president. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean that like in a maybe intentional sense, like she was literally supposed to be president. I mean, right. they fortified back in 2016, but they didn't fortify enough, enough because yeah. they didn't think they would have to. They literally did not expect Trump to have that level of turnout. They didn't take him seriously until it was too late, which is why they had to fortify a little bit harder in 2020 with that whole thing. But even, I mean, after the election, you know, with the whole Russia collusion narrative, or she even was saying to Trump indirectly during interviews, mm -hmm. like, you know you lost. And Trump probably knew that he wasn't really supposed to get mm -hmm. there anyways. It was like that one Plankton uh, in Bontrab and he's like, what's your plan now? I was like, I didn't think I'd get this far. That's kind of like Trump. But uh, yeah, and she's never going to be president now, so she's yeah. upset. <laughs> she's upset. She's just being an emotional woman. She she never stopped. <laughs> I mean, she's about that age. Dude, what a she, nasty yeah. woman. She had blood, blood coming out of her so. eyes, blood coming out she of her She never wherever. stops, right? She never, she, it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Like, just so bitter. Do you think that even Democrats are like, girl, go home. Go live out your life. Do they still put her on a pedestal, do you think? Uh, I think so, because they just... What, what I've noticed is they don't ever want to admit that they're wrong. So they don't ever want to admit that they backed a stinker. Because, I mean, I mean, they just keep... And I, they, keep I, they keep running the same failed candidates, too. So and what did I say point. the other day? Go ahead. She's going to run. Ah, I'm telling you. I, I hope so. I'm telling you. But, but here's, the, here's the thing about her... What, the, the, what they're doing now is it's having less and less effect, right? It's like we were just saying this off uh, when we're off air. You're a racist. You're a homophobe. Right. Right. You're a Nazi. You're a fascist. You're a this. They put their arms in there. They're fascist. They're this. And everyone's going, oh, it just doesn't mean anything mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. And sadly, 
by the way, because if you call someone a racist or those other things, like that should be the worst thing you ever say to someone ever. But now because it just means I don't like you right. or I don't I don't like what you're saying, people now like, I don't care. And like they can mm -hmm. call that me and I'm like, yeah, it, all right, I whatever, feel whatever. About it. No, you are. <laughs> you know, I, I don't care anymore. And it, like I said, it's it's sad because those words should and they used to mean something, mm -hmm. and it used to it was it was those things were reserved for the worst people. Right. I think uh, I think Hillary should just take a page out of Monica Lewinsky's book and just suck it up. How long were you planning that one, Taylor? Oh, it was in my head for a while. It for sure was. It was lingering back there. It's the probably monkey. still in her head. She probably still... <laughs> I mean, they made a decision, I'm assuming, as a political couple, like, okay, we're going to stay together on the condition that I get to be president in like 20 years. And it's like, oh, all right, see how I'll that see what I can do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then didn't work out. Um, all right, so I'm just going to go ahead and move on to the next story, which is uh, this Pennsylvania pro-life activist who was arrested by the FBI. So this is Mark... Hook, I think is how you say his name. It's a Catholic pro-life activist. Father of seven was arrested at his home in Pennsylvania. Uh, they say that he, prosecutors say, he assaulted a 72-year-old a man outside of Planned Parenthood in Philadelphia in 2021. His wife said her husband brought the, their 12-year-old son to speak and counsel outside of Planned Parenthood. And uh, her husband had shoved a man who had gotten in the personal space of their son and said obscene things about him to their 12-year-old son. So he, you know, he, this guy's talking like that to his son. He shoves him out of the way to get him out of his son's space. And apparently the man tried to sue um, but the district court in Philadelphia threw out the case earlier this summer after it was thrown out. Merrick Garland's Department of Justice picked it up. And so a SWAT team of about 25 people, uh, his wife says, came to the house with about 15 vehicles, started pounding on the door. She said that they said they were going to break it in if they didn't open the door. And then they had about five guns pointed at my husband, myself, and basically my kids. Oh, and by the way, the FBI is here to fact check because they say, oh, actually, it wasn't the SWAT team. And maybe there were like 15 to 20 agents, but it wasn't 25. It was just an armored bear cat. Yeah, like, it's oh, oh, there were only 20, but not 25. Oh, well, all of that makes it okay then. I totally understand why you brought 20 agents to some guy for shoving someone out of his son's face after he said obscene things. Let me tell you, he would get a lot more than a shove from me. So I guess I would be uh, arrested by the FBI a long time ago. You'd have 30 people coming for you. And they'd be like, 30. Um, actually, it was 25 agents, I'm just, okay? I'm just really thankful that we have such a serious federal law enforcement agency in They're this going country. after all the right things, yes, all the important absolutely. things. I mean, they're, this is the most important job in the world, I would argue. You know, what these agents have to have to Going after you? Have to, yeah, they for have to documenting? go home, politically persecute people. They ruin somebody's life, mm -hmm. and then they go home have a wonderful, you know, great night's rest. Probably use Mike Lindell's pillow. They probably cut their own codes, to be <laughs> they, honest. No, they, that's they probably what they took raided. them yeah. in the raid. They just took a bunch of his pillows in the raid, and now all the agents are just sleeping wonderfully after they ruin someone's life, just to wake up and then do it all over again. I mean, it, it, look, I know that there are good people within the FBI. I, I understand that, like, there are people who are, I should say, well-intentioned within the ranks of the FBI. I realize that the stink is at the top but you, you got to wonder if you are one of those good guys, how long do you last?
taking these orders knowing how wrong it is and what they've turned this department into. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, would prefer to explain this as like incompetence rather than malice. But it's clearly the opposite of mm -hmm. incompetence. It's actually too competent. They went overkill with how hard they wanted to go after this yeah. guy. I mean, something close to a no-knock raid. And it's like you have violent crime in virtually every major city just soaring. Yeah, it's crime not wave. safe to exist in this country yeah. in a normal capacity anymore. Like the American dream isn't what it used to be. It's now trying to like escape the consequences of these policies the best you can. And then the FBI, which is supposed to be like the supreme law of the land, well, the Supreme Court, but you know what I mean, they target some guy who, by the way, didn't even do anything wrong. Like, you know, you could at least make right. the argument maybe that, like, the January 6th thing, okay, you rioted, can't do that. Yeah. But this guy was defending his son yep. from some, like, senile old man who was, like, going Joe Biden mode in his face, like, saying God knows what, and he did the right thing as a father, and now the state is coming in and not only saying you can't do that, but they're humiliating this man mm -hmm. in front of his family, terrorizing his children, traumatizing them. The wife is probably terrified as well just to send a message to anybody else who might feel inclined to exist as a political enemy of the state. I support their decision to do this, especially raid him, and then not follow up with Jane's revenge, uh, you know, committing arson and firebombing attacks on pro-life areas. Yeah, when we take power, <laughs> we're going to have the FBI raid themselves and, and arrest themselves <laughs> gonna, gonna, and go we're, to we're jail. Just gonna, we're just going to pull all of the FBI's hard drives Ooh, I can't hey, imagine scouts what's on honor, there. go to jail. <laughs> it's like Monopoly. <laughs> where's, where's defund the police on this? It's a great question. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, they like, love it because it's all of this power is being wielded against their political yeah. opponents. So it's almost it. as if it was political. Almost. It's Fancy almost as if that. they don't actually have any standards. And they don't believe in what they were saying. Hmm. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? That's crazy, Matt. No, I, don't, I don't think that would be the case. Conspiracy theorists, yeah, you know. Your, put your tinfoil hat on, Matt. <laughs> um, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. My friend who's an FBI agent said that every one of them that goes All right, we were supposed to cover something else, but while we have someone uh, who is, of course, a, an actual actor on set, I do want to bring up the story that I was just reading during the break. Uh, criminal charges may be on the way for actor Alec Baldwin, <laughs> according to a report published uh, earlier today. Now, it's TMZ, so take it for what it's worth, but they do actually obtain quite a bit of... Um real information. So this report detailed several recent moves made by the DA that indicate that she could be planning to prosecute him in connection, of course, with this fatal shooting uh, on the movie set of Rust. Uh, and according to the Santa Fe New Mexican, uh, this particular DA filed an emergency request last week asking the New Mexico Board of Finance for $635,000 to support, quote, up to four possible criminal cases, end quote, that she indicated could arise out of the ongoing investigation into the shooting. And um, she said one of the possible defendants is, of course, Alec Baldwin, which would make a lot of sense to me. Now, I've never said he had sole responsibility in this, but certainly... When you are the one who's holding a weapon, you need to check and make sure that it is not loaded before you, in fact, pull the trigger, especially when you're just, it was it was like, there wasn't even a take, right? Like, he was just kind of joshing around? Mm, well, I mean, look, it's a, it's a really difficult thing to comment on, in a sense, because I, I was, my situation's been really unique. I've, I've worked with firearms throughout my entire career, mm -hmm. but I started in Black Hawk Down. Mm -hmm. And we got trained really, really well on that. And after then I went off and I, I became a shooter myself. So 
Uh, I always treat the gun like I do, that every gun owner, responsible gun owner should, well, every even irresponsible gun owner should, mm -hmm. should treat a weapon like it's loaded. But I think that if you look at the series of events that, um, that unfolded there, that there was multiple failures, mm -hmm. right? So for example, like when, when I'm on set and I have a, if you get given an M4 and you get given the, uh, a magazine, you don't check every bullet. You, don't, you, you can't go out and get them all out, right. you know, and then put them all back in again. You rely on the armorer yeah. to deliver that. And normally what they'll do is they'll give you, they'll have each magazine like wrapped with, uh, let's say a green or a blue piece of tape that you put, you know, and you know that that is uh, their blanks or, you know, and sometimes there's half loads, quarter loads and all that. I've never had any issues. I always treated it like it was a, a loaded weapon. That's just me because mm -hmm. I've, you know, I always believe that if I'm going to handle something like Responsibility. that, then it's crazy. Well, it's on me, but uh, but that's that's my experience. But that's the thing is like even in Hollywood, these people are preaching to us that you know, uh, you know, it, people should undergo all sorts of training before they own own firearms. And there should be all of these these, you know, uh, ways that they can prevent people from being able to own firearms because we don't want irresponsible people owning firearms. And then those same people go and apparently don't do their homework on any of the guns that they're going to be handling. And then things like this happen. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I would love to sit here and tell you that I don't want him to go to jail because I'm like fair and balanced and it has nothing to do with his impersonation of Trump, which was not funny, but he should probably go to jail. I mean, well, I mean, considering the fact that he literally lied about it and it's been proven at this point that he lied about what took place with the firearm. He said he didn't pull the trigger. I think that's what he said. Yeah. And it's like I, you, you didn't pull the trigger, but right. you shot somebody. Okay. Yeah, we've, we've got a little bit of time here left, Matt. Why do you think he said, do you think he really just didn't realize he did it? Do you? I, I, I really, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wish I could comment on what was going on in that situation. I'm not appraised of all the details. I mean, I knew immediately uh, when I heard about what happened, I knew I, I, because of the way that you, that you stand with a, uh, uh, with the cameraman mm -hmm. or the camera operator directly like right next to the camera and then normally the director will either be in video village which will be off to one side which is you know where they have all the little cameras mm -hmm. monitors mm -hmm. and they watch or a lot of directors want to stand right directly next to the camera mm -hmm. so they can set up the shot and I believe that they were setting up the shot yeah. at that point they yeah. like lost some kind of light uh, and but like I said I I haven't followed it close enough to comment on it, but I've been on sets with Black Hawk Down. We had hundreds of guns. Uh, we had hundreds of guns in Thailand when we did Rambo. So um, it certainly is rare, but it's not, un you know, I mean, look at what happened to Brandon Lee. I mean, he mm -hmm. got killed. That was a strange situation, but. Matt's basically like, uh, I just, I've been in all the badass movies with yeah. guns, so <laughs> I don't really know what it's like to play in movies that don't have guns. I don't know, that's just the kind of guy I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we gotta take a break, we'll be back. That's right. Last Friday, Joe Biden gave a speech to teachers at the National Education Association headquarters and during it, he paused after recognizing an audience member and told <laughs> the crowd something very interesting, watch. But guess what, we got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. <laughs> we go back a long way. 
She was 12, I was 30, but anyway. Uh, uh, this woman helped me get an awful lot done. At any rate. Um, nice. I have some questions. Nice. I have some questions. I have some questions. What is a 12-year-old helping a 30-year-old accomplish? Um, That's what I want to know. This is the man who has a very long history of sniffing children and talking about how children uh, grabbed onto his leg hair. Well, and, you know, showering with his daughter, That's sexually just, abusing her. There's just her. some sentences you just don't say. Yeah. And, like, there was that, and then I saw the clip of him recently with Elton John. Yeah. I, yes. I could not oh, that believe yes. that he said that. And then, and then Elton clapped. Yeah. He's like, it's his fault that we're spending all this damn money on HIV and AIDS. And, I was and Elton's like, like fair, true, fair. true, it's all me, it's all me. Oh, my God, these people are so bad. Well, he he like essentially just worded it like as a soft molestation on on stage. He's like he's like yeah, I remember you. I used to molest you. We had some great times together. And unfortunately, the FBI is way too busy investigating Taylor and like Pennsylvania pro-life pastors to actually I don't know maybe investigate something worth the investigation. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for your time. John Doyle, Matt Marsden, Taylor Hansen. You can find them all on social media. We'll see you later. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.